0: back to Cover Stories. Uh, today we have a really special episode. We have two members of the foundation Hearts Need Art. I've uh, got Consenza. Hi. And we've got Medisa. Hey. And uh, we're gonna be doing something a little bit different. We're gonna be talking about um, their foundation and talking about um, you know how art affects uh, health and and vice versa and and specifically through the music avenue. And uh, we'll be getting a cover of Fly Me to the Moon, the Frank Sinatra version. <laughs> and uh, Consenza, we'll be doing an original song. Yeah. So So um, how's it going?
1: Oh, it's good. We're excited to be here. Yeah, feel good.
0: Yeah. yeah. This is our first one back in a while. I know. So. <laughs>
1: this is, I, we were just reflecting. This is kind of our, our first in-person interview in yeah. a long time, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's great to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys are here. It's just really something different, and it's nice to kind of start it off, our re-recordings with like a something different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, normally, I like to ask, like, why you chose a song, but I think it's more important important thing right now is to talk about your foundation. So you just wanted to say a little bit about hearts need art.
1: Sure. I will try to give you the short version. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm a leukemia survivor and I had, I had leukemia when I was in high school and the arts were essential for me in coping with my illness. Um, I had 130 weeks of chemo and then, um, you know, the, just the challenges of being a survivor, your body's never really the same after that much treatment. Um, But I had access to the arts, and that was really important for me. And when I moved from California, where I grew up, to San Antonio, I started volunteering on an adult oncology unit here in town, and I'd never been in an adult hospital, period. Um, And I was like, this is terrible. (laughs) This makes my hospital experience look like an amusement park in (laughs) comparison. Um, You know, Pediatric has... um, child life and there were volunteers and clowns and, LA. and art and color. Yeah, <laughs> just, it was, it, it infused life. Um, the environment of care was very different. So I did the only thing I knew how, knew how to do. I studied music in school. And so I just started singing for patients and did that for several several years. But eventually the the cry that I heard the most from the patients that I worked with was we need more of this. I would go in and sing for a patient. And music has a way of, let me back up. When we're going through hard experiences, when we're going through trauma, we tend to put up protective walls. Like we ha- we all have defense mechanisms. They help us get through things like that. But also sometimes they keep us from experiencing the love and support and care that we also really need when we're going through challenges. And nurses would often come and get me when there's um, when there is an angry patient or a patient that wasn't complying with with their caregivers or their medication, like, can you just go in and play, sing a song for them and see what that does? Um, and music has this way of flowing around and through the cracks in people's armor and caressing the person that's underneath and really honoring and loving that person person in such a profound, deep way. You're reflecting back the music that they love that connects with them in a very personal way. um, And that transforms people. It shifts. It has the power to shift us in positive ways. And all of a sudden, that belligerent patient now is compliant with their caregivers and so the nurses have a much easier time caring for their patients and they are more motivated to get out and walk the halls and to really do what they need to to care for themselves um and it has this this really interesting ripple effect this bringing the simple gift of bringing a song a private concert of one um, but my patients, they wanted more and they wanted visual arts and they wanted writing and they wanted all these things that I didn't know how to do. So in 2016, I incorporated Heart Seed Art Creative Support for Patients and Caregivers as a nonprofit here in San Antonio to train up other creatives in our community and provide job o- economic opportunities, job opportunities for them so that they can go into healthcare settings and help humanize the healthcare experience. So we've been doing that for... we're Come, we're, this, we're in our fifth year. It's we have our, yeah, we have our fifth <laughs> year anniversary, crazy. um, in November and we've worked with thousands of patients. Um, and it's had a huge impact from lowering pain and anxiety levels, uh, improving just the overall experience for patients, their mood. Um, it's, it's truly, uh, an honor to get to do this work and to see the impact it makes.
0: That's awesome. I think it's so cool because this is something that when you say it, it's pretty like obvious in your head, like, oh, yeah, music makes people feel better. Right. But so, it literally like scientifically <laughs> does, you if know, science, it's so wild that the science behind it is there.
1: Yes, it absolutely is. And it blows my mind that, you know, we have hospitals, we put people in yeah. hospitals to make them feel better. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you we should probably have Things that make people feel better in hospitals, like emotionally, not just physically. Exactly, and we know that our emotions impact our physical health. You know, there used to be this idea that okay, there's the there's the biogenetics of a particular illness, but there's and that's what we target. But but holistic care is becoming more and more um, forward in in just the mindset of people in healthcare because the. Research shows that how we feel emotionally, how connected we are to relationships, whether we're feeling we feel lonely or we feel connected, that those things affect the progression of disease. Those things affect our our health and well being, um, and the arts are are. One of the most essential technologies humans have employed throughout history to help us feel connected, to express our greatest joys and sorrows, and don't those things all happen in a hospital, where we are born and where we die and where we where we suffer and we rejoice? Like we have to have the arts in our healthcare spaces.
0: Definitely, Um, you know, it's it's just there's so much about like the the stresses and anxiety that add to these diseases that that really you know, can, can affect how the recovery happens. And, and, uh, and yeah, you know, like I said, it just feels so obvious that music is there. And, and yeah. I was reading about Gabby Giffords. It's one of the, oh, like the most yes. high profile, <laughs> like music therapy lessons. And the since that, you know, she got shot in the head and she couldn't speak and they use music to get her to talk, you know, and they use it by the way they explained it is that, you know, there's a common, like, conception of phrenology, where they're like there's different sections of the, the brain, and that was proven false, and in reality, there are like different pathways in the brain, and when the pathway gets damaged, music is basically a detour, and just learning about that alone was just interesting for this. Yeah. I'm so glad you guys are on, because I would have never li- looked into that before.
1: <laughs> well, and Marisa here is, um, um, she just graduated with her degree in music therapy, oh, congrats. and is getting ready to sit for her boards, Um, or what do they call them, the, the tests yeah, that you nice. do?
2: board certification to be a music therapist, but I've been on this journey to become a music therapist um, for, well, I guess four years now. (laughs) So um, it was something that I personally had not even really had much knowledge about before I joined in, but my very, very first day that I sat in on my class and she just talked about it and went through what we could expect and what is expected of us, I was just ready (laughs) I was ready to just jump in as much as I could and it's definitely been a journey navigating everything but being able to learn about the physiological responses to music has been absolutely one of the most impactful because it's so validating just to even let someone else know because you can kind of feel am I being too much am I am I crazy for feeling this way and no you're absolutely not Having a physical illness, it definitely impacts your emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. And the biology of trauma, um, don't want to get <laughs> too, I guess, scientific and everything, but um, it impacts everything. It impacts our limbic system. It impacts our sympathetic nervous system, um, which is a part of our autonomic nervous system. And that sympathetic nervous system, that's the... That it's kind of our um, fight or flight, freeze, easiest way to remember it. And when we encounter some of these more traumatic experiences, like encountering a physical illness, being receiving any news that, you know, it changes your life. So when someone is going through a life altering challenge, then support is needed. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that maybe they think is always accessible but it should be Mm -hmm. and being able to provide that whether that's with music or with art um, it has been shown to reduce your heart rate Um, you can help release some of that tension in your chest Um, it can help you just relax because we end up getting tense and our chest gets tight and then our heart rate goes up and then our blood pressure goes up and all of those things while they may not be um, something that we can control when they happen, um, we can absolutely do what we can to create more of a preventative care by introducing those coping skills Mm -hmm. and introducing just music for self-care and wellness Mm -hmm. um, so that when they do feel that way, they're able to help promote
1: self-regulation. I love that, Marisa, because, you know, they're (laughs) – the research coming out is really kind of indicating that arts engagement should be spoken in the same breath as good nutrition, enough sleep, exercise, creating art. That it has that level of impact on our health and well-being, um, and that's really kind of what we're yeah. part of advocating for. It's why we do the work that we do, um, and. Why we're excited to you know talk about this with your listeners who are already <laughs> listening to music yeah. and experiencing health benefits, whether they're probably using it to regulate their moods and exactly you know w- just instinctively because it is instinctive. Um, so good job for you to you guys for oh, listening to music.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's something that's kind of interesting about having you guys on is because this this podcast itself is about talking about the music that we love, mm-hmm. and it's so internal and it's so it feels so trivial and it feels almost not in a bad way, but superficial, but there is a healthy aspect to it. There is mm-hmm. something that is uh, intuitive about listening to the types of music that we listen to. I and mean, mm-hmm. of course there are sociological reasons and things like that, but there's also, I mean, there's a reason major chords make people happy. There's yeah. a reason <laughs> that these these different sounds can lead to different emotions. And mm-hmm. whether it's uh, a high emotion or like a low emotion, it's still something that is therapeutic in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. Um, and it's something that I, I think is, is fascinating about you guys is just the fact that you're able to to do this for different people on a daily basis, you know, and and everyone's going to have different music tastes. Everyone's going to have different uh, types of, uh, you know, different types of reactions. But uh, the fact that you're able to find that with each person, you know, Mm. when it comes to, so you guys do a lot of like bedside, well, before the pandemic, you're doing a lot of bedside uh, performances. Now it's more Mm -hmm. kind of virtual. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So we spent, um, we spent all of what, March, in april last year <laughs> rebuilt like rebuilding our whole program from the ground up essentially to to work on a virtual platform so we could work with patients virtually and that really opened up you know we were able to serve local patients but also we've been serving like cancer centers different cancer centers around the country the Alzheimer's Foundation um, association just different we've been able to it's expanded some of our partnership opportunities but there's nothing like in being person. in the room with someone so a few weeks ago we were able to start returning in person, which we were very excited about. Um so yeah, so now we're providing those one-on-one concerts virtually for people when they're out of the hospital, but then also back in the hospital. And we do really work to to your point about, you know, different people connect with different things. We we try to recruit um a team of musicians that have a diverse background in different types of music because different people connect with different things. And it's really fun to be able to like, I might go in and work with a patient and you know we play a couple pop songs or whatever but what she really likes is um is metal well I'm gonna go get Jaime and bring Jaime in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to play some Metallica for her on his guitar he got it uh, he's got that
0: I saw that video it was you, so yeah. cool to see For promoting <laughs> like being able to pull off like metal on acoustic is, is in itself a feat like because yeah. it's it could go really bad and it was beautiful. And just seeing the reaction of the patient was just, it was, it's hard to watch and not like want to cry, you know, it's, it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of crying that happens.
0: I bet. Yeah. Yeah,
1: It's normal. It's, it's fine. Very normal. <laughs> you know, we're getting, we're getting to touch on something that is so real and authentic and so connected to the core of who we are. Um, and I think tears are an appropriate response to that.
0: Definitely. Yeah. You know, I, I think one thing I always joke about this, but like one thing that no one prepared me for as I've gotten older is how much things affect me and make me want to cry now. Mm. I watch a movie from when I was a kid that never affected me and now it's like, <laughs> man, how did I get through this? You know, it's just like it's it's nuts yeah. to to think about it. Um I, I think that one thing that that's cool too is just the fact that you also provide lessons and it's more than just music, it's also art and writing which I think is really neat. One thing on your first episode, um, I believe his name is Nash, was talking about, is that you don't have to be good. You don't have to be great, I guess is the yeah. word. that You can be good no without... experience. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me, there's like that Mr. Rogers meme about where he's drawing and he says, I'm not really good at it, but that's okay. It makes me feel good. Yeah.
1: And that's yeah. kind of like... I love that. Everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really cool to see that. And I think that, you know, people... You, you, you guys talked about on the episode where, you know, you, you look back into people's past and they're discouraged from doing those things or one, mm. one criticism made them feel that they weren't good enough. And the fact that yep. you can still, I mean, that's kind of the essence of, of like punk rock, you know, people didn't know how to play their incident, but they enjoyed <laughs> playing it. Yeah. All you need to know is three chords. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a good song to, for you to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's the, there. There's a lot of benefit of learning skills and mastery um, helps, helps, boost self-efficacy there there is benefit to learning um skills in a particular particular art form but that's no no one starts there everyone starts with not knowing anything no without any experience you don't like you're not born with experience um and just the process of of creating art of of engaging with the arts um you can just do it because you like it. Like you doesn't have to have an end product. And Marisa does ha, did a lot of our um, music lessons in the hospital. Do you want to yeah. talk about ukulele lessons? <laughs>
2: um, my experience doing ukulele lessons is um, there's there's so much that I could say, <laughs> but um, I I remember the very last time that I was able to go, which was I think it was February of 2020, and everything and. Um, It was interesting because when I had not, I just kind of go and I knock on the door and I just say, hey, my name is Marisa. I'm a musician with Hearts Need Art. Um, Would you be interested in doing some ukulele lessons today? And the first thing that everyone always says Mm -hmm. is, oh, I don't know how to do that. Uh (laughs) We know. We know. (laughs) It's it's like, oh, I, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm. I can't leave my bed. And I'm like, no, that's fine. You don't have to. They're bedside music lessons. Um, And no experience is necessary. And she ended up kind of giving it a try. But um, I had no idea, kind of, I never know where I'm walking into sometimes, but um, I had no idea just how impactful this lesson was going to be for her. She had actually started losing a lot of her fine motor skills So some of that muscle dexterity in her fingers, it was really, really weak. So she just thought that playing instruments was never something that was going to be something she could do. And I sat with her, and I showed her just a few chords. I love to always start with Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and it's a real crowd pleaser. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she had started getting emotional when she was playing, and I asked her that, why? And that I was like, no, you're doing great. You're doing a beautiful job. And she said, I've never felt, I haven't felt something in my fingers in a very long time. I can feel the vibrations in the ukulele when I strum and I'm actually making a sound. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she told me. And then I got emotional <laughs> because how, what an amazing opportunity that I had just to be able to share a musical experience with her and be able to motivate her using something I love to help her retrieve something she felt like she had lost
0: that's awesome (laughs) I I think that I mean it's, it's so like stereotypical to say music is universal, but it is. It is a universal language. and Exactly. There's a, a term called auditory cheesecake where it te- it cre- basically explains that music is like a dessert for language. Mm-hmm. It's more mm-hmm. than just auditory. It's more than just sonic feeling. It's about a language. And people mm-hmm. can communicate, even without lyrics. People can <laughs> communicate through sounds and, and the way they play certain things. And I, I think that my favorite thing about the music I listen to is just being able to create a moment in that time and it could be something it could be a song about going to the grocery store but that was a song that like my mom played when we'd go to the grocery Aww. store you know something yeah. like like that hypothetically and it just like everything has a connection i think that's mm-hmm. a beautiful way to, to speak to people especially people who who didn't know that that was in them you know
2: yeah absolutely and just i think music it creates those sensory experiences so that's how we kind of latch on to all of those memories, and that's what brings up all of those emotions and mm-hmm. everything, and um, it's so important that we kind of do take moments to just step back, and not only is music a universal language, as you said, but it builds a connection, um, connecting back to something you love or someone you love, but you're connecting with other people as well.
3: Mm-hmm
0: yeah I think it's great it's just it's that's what this podcast is really all about it's about these connections that we build through music and mm. I mean I have friends that I don't know if i would have been, been friends with them without music and vice versa I don't think I would know about certain music without certain friends and mm-hmm. um, I think it's just uh, it's so wild to think about how much this has like, it could be something as simple as like listening to like music I listened to in high school which is Not something I'm embarrassed of, not something I actually (laughs) brag about, (laughs) but how much it connects people. You know, I've got, I've got friends who talk about like the pop bands of the nineties and like how they're like embarrassed about it. But also there's like a little bit of camaraderie. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. What are, what are some of your favorite songs to play for patients um, that you feel have that kind of like universal connection?
1: It really depends on the patient, but there are songs that are good go-to's.
2: Yeah. I think everyone kind of has their go-to's. If I walk in with Stanzi, oh, we're <laughs> playing Can't Help Falling in Love. Yeah. <laughs> we're duetting that. We're harmonizing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole thing. And, um, and I, I think we'll be able to lean into more pop artists and everything. But if I go in there by myself, I think it's also very interesting. I like guess, side note, just although we knock on these stories and, you know, We hope that we'll be able to create a new connection. The people who end up meeting patients and the way that we split up to try and cover as much ground as we can, um, we end up running into people who have those similar music interests so we're able to meet their musical (laughs) interests and everything. Mm -hmm. And I would go with Jaime, and um, we would do a lot of Spanish songs together. Mm -hmm. And that's just amazing just to be able to do bilingual sessions and just ask them like, how are you feeling today? And someone that's maybe not in scrubs (laughs) asking them how they're really feeling and everything. And, um, I, I may, he would call me, I started getting called Selena (laughs) on the floor Uh because I was, I was, I, I know all her songs. <laughs> <laughs> we get lots of requests for Selena. So <laughs> we call we call Marisa to do that. <laughs> and I uh, I guess a little jazz? Yeah. A little jazz. I oh, I guess I'm doing Fly Me to the Moon today. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, you're doing jazz so. today.
0: So yeah. Um that's uh just to the song. Uh, this is something we like to talk about <laughs> a lot to you just the fact that so why why this song? Why why Fly Me to the Moon?
2: Um I actually listened it was either a lot of Spanish music or it was jazz. <laughs> the Spanish music, it came from my mom and listening to Un Día La Vez and Solamente Una Vez and Sabor a Mi and all of those songs. But then my dad, he's like, you are going to learn Frank Sinatra," <laughs> <laughs> And I was probably maybe, uh, I don't know, I guess I was in the car seat. <laughs> so however small I was, that was one of the first songs I actually remember awesome so that's it's a song that's always been really special to me but um it was also a song that was always very calming to me Mm -hmm. so that's my hope for today
1: that people feel calmed we probably all need a little bit of that now just a little stress relieving (laughs) moment
0: yeah I, i think that i know like there are certain songs with my nephew when he was a baby he he loved the beach boys Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, love playing. Pet Sounds is like one of my favorite albums of all time. So I love like it felt cool. It felt like I was back in high school showing my friends like, hey, you got to listen to this song. It'll change your <laughs> life. Aww. But he's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and he would just kind of like you could see him kind of bobbing and like nodding off, falling asleep. And Aww. and uh, it, it's so cool, uh, you know, to bring that full circle. Now he loves music and he loves like that the movie Sing.
1: Oh, yes. and, yeah.
0: And there's a Frank Sinatra cover of My yeah. Way in it. <laughs> And it's so wild to think, like in 2021, <laughs> my five-year-old nephew is rocking out to Frank Sinatra. That's it's awesome. so cool that it's got that legacy and it's carried on. And
1: reach back through time. Yeah. And then my song. So this is an original song that I wrote sev- several years ago. Um, and a lot of a lot of times in the hospital, you know, backing up again. Growing up, my I grew up in a very musical family, and my mom used to say, "There's a song for everything," and. Sometimes I would run in, I would encounter experiences with patients in the hospital where I was like, I can't think of a song for this. So I guess I'm just going to have to write a song for this. So there is a song for it. Um, so this song is called The Roar in Me. And it's based on really the community that forms so often around people that are experiencing Um, serious illness, cancer specifically. Um, So I pull a little bit from my experience with cancer and um, the emotions that went along with that. And then the stories, so many stories, hundreds and hundreds of stories I've heard from patients. um, And essentially that community is what allows us to roar back in the face of, of our circumstances.
0: That's awesome. I, I think that it's fun to hear like songwriters' perspective of where where they're coming from with the storytelling of, of these songs and and just to see being able to put all that emotion and all of those all that perspective into just two and a half to three minutes mm-hmm. of just art. You know, it's it's beautiful to see it kinda come out of people and I, I think it's 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 so interesting to hear that, you know, and you, as far as what motivates you and, and, and what really, you know, creates this, this, uh, this, this art to come out of you. Mm, yeah. Um, it's awesome. I, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to, to, what, what are your, some of your influences in terms of songwriting or, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um,
2: <sighs> I always hear Sarah Raellis. Yeah.
0: Oh, cool. <laughs> so
1: I have a, I have a musical theater background. I was a musical theater performer for, in my first career. Um, so my producer for this track was like, "Sounds like a musical theater, like that anthem that happens at the at the climax of the show." And it's like, um, and I was like, "I can't help it. You can take a lot of musical theater." But uh, gosh, I grew up listening to um, lots of classical music. I grew up um, with church music, gospel, um, contemporary Christian a lot, and um, but I listen to everything now. I still love musical theater. I can't help myself. Um, still love musical theater, but I, you do all those pieces. Yeah. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also love pop music and, um, I love, I don't know. I even like some country. I like good music, <laughs> and I like finding good music in every genre because um, I love all the different textures and sounds and the creativity that happens in each of these on- genres. Um, so I would say I wouldn't say I'm committed to like one genre. Even in musical theater, there's like some not good stuff too. So <laughs> there's some really great stuff
0: in there. You know. I feel like Gershwin <laughs> is like in everything now. So Ooh. you can't like you can't like hear especially like pop music in general there's a little bit of Gershwin. I think Lana Del Rey did uh, a cover of, of a Sublime song that was based on a West Side Story song. So, yeah. you know, to, to see these different versions and I, I, there are parts of it where it feels like, oh, like they're just discovering this, but you don't know that. Like there are people who are, who put out hip hop records and they're very straightforward, but they listen to like Miles Davis or mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, Cannonball Adderley, just different, aspects of music and then when you learn that and you listen to these things you're like oh I hear that I hear Mm -hmm. Miles Davis and I I hear you know I hear the sax from Coltrane you know it's just (laughs) so wild to see what music has become in now it's like a ball of all this genre and you just throw it against the wall and that's (laughs) what it is now
1: yeah it's an exciting time in music because I think we don't have to people don't have to be pegged in holes because they can produce stuff independently and you get these really interesting um, marriages between different genres that you might not put together. Um, so yeah, it's a cool time.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so cool just to see, you know, it's fun to, to, to talk to, this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast is <laughs> I love talking to people about what inspires and what they like to listen to. Mm-hmm. And, and then it comes out in their music. I mean, that's, that's my favorite part of this podcast is hearing a performance and be like, Oh, I hear a little bit. Aww. of Yeah. <laughs> So that's cool. Um, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, you guys are both musically trained. How do you feel about uh, when, when you perform, especially when you talk about you know, performing and things like that, finding the divide where you've obviously had years of training for this and being able to translate in that into someone who just does you know can count to four. That's, that's, their, that's their music expertise. How does it feel to, like, just be able to translate that for people?
1: Mm, good question. Um, well...
2: I remember how hard it was for me to learn (laughs) (laughs) and um, it was a humbling experience really (laughs) so I I show up as I am and I'm human and that's something that I like to kind of just say and address right away and me sitting across from you doesn't make me any better than you we are going to just create something new together, and we're just going to see what happens, and it's going to be fun. Don't worry about making mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes today and every day, and that's fine. So I just, I think I try to think about the things that I knew, (laughs) and if I need to Go back down into counting frets with them. I will count the frets with them. Mm-hmm. I will make up a rhyme so you never forget where C is. And I will say, one, two, three, C. Let's go to E minor going up the stairs. And, <laughs> and then I. they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think adaptability is just really, really, really important. And just being able to meet them where they're at, to be able to just meet their needs. To learn a they want.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I would echo that. I think there's unfortunately a long history of um, snobbery and elitism and gatekeeping around music education. Um, and I was always like not a fan of that <laughs> going <laughs> through school. Um, and was fortunate that I had teachers that were at least open to me singing things other than, you know, Carol Mio Ben. So, um, but I love, I love bringing raw beginners into the space. I, I'm a, I'm a music educator as well. I teach voice lessons and I have taught many people to sing who were told by some teacher that they were tone deaf or they should just mouth the words in choir and should have made sounds. And so I love reuniting people with their voices and seeing the transformation that makes in people's lives and the confidence that happens and the it's like watching people come home to themselves and and own own themselves in a completely different way and I believe we all have a right to our own voice and our own mark making and our own movement that that is an inherent part of yeah, being human and that we, we have, I have an 11 month old son and he doesn't care what he sounds like <laughs> or how he, moves, he just does what feels good. Right. And at some point, most of us experience some sort of wounding, like we said in our, in our podcast um, episode, like, and then we say, okay, well, I'm never doing that again because <laughs> that's what happens. Oh, yeah. Um, but watching people reclaim that joy mm-hmm. It is intoxicating, so I don't care if I'm teaching like the raw beginnings of that. I actually kind of really enjoy that. So
0: that's awesome. I, I love music as a catharsis. I love music as kind of an escape. And you hear so yeah. much mm-hmm. about these rock stars who go out and put on this show like they are on top of the world. And they go backstage and they're like, they've got their anxiety filled mm-hmm. and they're nervous and they're shy in interviews. They just don't like that part of it because when they're on stage, they're a different person and mm-hmm. or a different side of who they are. And it's just so cool to to. Hear that, and it also makes me feel better as a, an aspiring musician. Like, oh, like he's kind of just like me, or she's yeah. kind of just like me. You know, I'm a dork, she's a dork. Exactly. You know, we can both do this.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's really cool. Um, my girlfriend doesn't play music at all. She's never. She's more of an art side, sure. and. We, I got an electric drum set. I am not great at drums. I taught her a White Stripe song, and now she thinks she's a rock star. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I downloaded some some uh, s- software last night to teach because I'm learning drums too, but and to get better. And I'm like, yeah, I downloaded it. You should try it. She's like, why? I- I'm already great. Like, I don't uh, need. <laughs> she's
4: like, I had my
2: you- experience. <laughs> I love the confidence. Yeah,
0: it's awesome. I just, I love that about music. I mean, music is so therapeutic in in so many mm-hmm. different ways, you know, and. And I love hearing about these different stories, especially from you know famous people who played millions of people yearly, and yeah. they're still yeah. shy and, and timid.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's awesome. I um, you know, in talking about the song uh, "Fly Me to the Moon," um, so you're gonna perform the the Frank Sinatra like popular version, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I was. I always thought that was. I know it's a standard, but I always thought it was just that he was like the original, and there's like three or four people that oh, made it yeah. famous before. Mm-hmm. Um, and Quincy Jones is actually the one that to change it from three four to four four, And I think it's so cool. I, I miss that era of music in the sense that there were standards where everybody played them and, and then people made it their own. Yeah. It's fun to hear. Just another reason why we do this this, this uh, podcast is just there are people who take a cover and they just make it their own and then you forget that there was anybody who ever did it before them. <sighs> it's really neat. Um, but uh, I really like, uh, you know, Count Basie is is controlling the orchestra in, in his version. And it, it's very standard Frank Sinatra. And then when it gets toward like the last like the code at the end, it just goes all off with the big band. and it's just so yeah. cool to hear.
2: Today yep. it's just me.
0: <laughs> That's, another thing. That's another thing I love too, is just hearing like um hearing uh you know, just a person vocals and guitar bringing it down making it more (laughs) raw there's just so it's so cool to hear these big productions taken down to Mm -hmm. just the bare necessities (laughs) of of music it's really cool marisa's version yeah Yeah. this is my
2: version i i know i'm no frank sinatra (laughs) (laughs) i know that so i think that's kind of the fun of it being able to, when we do learn things, and we are creating that new experience, even for ourselves, we're creating a new version, and mm-hmm. that's completely okay. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, I have you watched. We were talking about Selena earlier. Have you watched the the, the show on Netflix?
2: I have. Yeah. What did you think? <laughs> I have, I have some personal
0: opinions. It's complicated. I get it. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I enjoyed learning more about her and the family and. Other stories that I didn't know, like, spoiler alert, but, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen it, but Ricky had written a song for Suzette, and Suzette didn't know. I
0: don't know how <laughs> you can so watch it and not end. cry during that. Oh, she knows right. it's about her. And yeah. Oh,
2: my goodness. But I don't know. I just like learning about itty-bitty bubbles, and that was bitty-bitty bum-bum, and I didn't know that before. So I enjoyed learning more about her. And learning more about the stories, Um, I remember still though watching the Selena movie Uh with Jennifer Lopez, Uh and she will always be um, my favorite (laughs) Uh, favorite favorite for Selena. (laughs) I I think that just the person that she is and the way that she danced it was really Like, she just really put in the work to embody the work of Selena Quintanilla. Mm -hmm. So, I enjoyed the stories. (laughs)
0: The the reason I bring it up is because there's a part where she goes to Nashville to get uh, Dreaming of You. Yeah. And the guy playing it on guitar, the guy that wrote it, hearing that version, like, obviously, like, Selena's version is, like, the epitome of that song. But it really made me want to hear, like, a stripped-down version of her singing with just, like, Chris playing guitar. You know, it was just so, like... I don't want to say haunting, but it was definitely, there was an aspect of it that was like, it echoed, even when it did not echo in like my (laughs) body, it gave me goosebumps. It's just so cool to hear these different perspectives, especially when you hear about, you know, people writing music for other people and with people in mind. And my my favorite genre of of this situation is when someone writes a song for a man and then a woman sings it Mm -hmm. and you just hear like, it just sounds so much better. Like there's just something that like a a male voice or a lower voice just can't bring to a song Mm -hmm. like that. I think it's really cool to have that all come you together. like
1: R-E-S-P-C-T.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was just listening to a podcast <laughs> about, they brought up Sinead O'Connor's uh, uh, Nothing Compares to You. Mm-hmm. And the, the guy's a music journalist. He started it out with R-E-S-P-E-C, Otis Redding, you know, yeah. wrote that song. And not only, you mean, Rita didn't change a single word, but it completely changes the meaning, the meaning. of the song.
1: having a woman sing
0: it. Yeah. Me. it's yep. That's so great. It's so nuts. I feel like we live in a simulation, tonight. So I literally oh. just listened to that yesterday. But yeah, and then, you know, with Sinead O'Connor's version of Nothing Compares to You, I mean, I love Prince, and Prince is, I'm a big fan of, of Prince's music, and mm-hmm. it's hard. Like, listening to that song, you hear it so much, and then hearing it again after all these years, and then you can hear the Prince Part Like you can tell it was a song written by Prince knowing that, but hearing "State O'Connor is like hard. Nothing compares mm-hmm. to that song for yeah. lack of better, more mm-hmm. clever pun. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's so awesome. It's really cool to, to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I just laughed. <laughs> um, So yeah, I, I think, um, you know, what you guys are, do, are doing is really great. I, I think it's such a cool idea. It's something that we I think we need more of. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you want to add about your, uh, about your foundation, about Hearts Need Art?
1: Sure. I mean a lot of times when I speak about the work that we do, we get there's two types of people. There's two different types of responses. There's people who are like, Oh, that's cute. I that's a nice idea. And then there's people that are like oh my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) this is the best thing ever. How do I do this? Um, So if you're one of those people that's listening and you're like, how do I, how do I help? How do I get involved with this? Um, I'd encourage you to go to our website, heartseenart.org. And um, you can donate there. You can um, fill out an an application with us. If you want to join our team of artists um, or musicians, um, there's different ways that you can get involved um, on the advocacy piece, advocate for arts and health. Um, you can also, if you want to learn more about arts and health, you can check out our po- our podcast, Arts for the Health of It. It's on all the things, Spotify, iTunes, all the things, Arts for the Health of It. Um, and you can hear more. We geek out every week about new programs and new research that's coming out in the field. So um, you can learn more about, um, about the field and that place too.
0: Awesome yeah cool well um thank you guys so much for coming on is there yeah. anything else you want to add as far as you know music or
1: no oh, man we covered all kinds of things today yeah. this
0: is what i love about this podcast yeah. we started one era and I mean completely yeah. Yeah. i was not expecting to talk about otis redding today but that's <laughs> well, nice. <here> we are. <laughs> all right so coming up next uh we have hearts need art covering frank sinatra's uh fly me to the moon followed by uh the original song the roar in me mm-hmm. by constanza yep yeah. I can't say your last name. I can't. Raider. Raider. I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We're excited. Thank you.
4: To the
3: time locked inside of my head and all that I thought that I was was dead but you showed me how to live again